Hi guys, I'm Catherine, one of your deputy editors, and welcome to the second Redbrick podcast of this year. So last podcast we were talking about things to do out and about in Birmingham, but sadly the government's brought down another lockdown since then. So we're going to talk today about what you can get up to in your house and online um, to keep yourself interested, uh, occupied and busy during this lockdown. So I'm joined here by Daisy, who's going to introduce the section editors we've got with us today. Hi everyone, um, I'm Daisy's Captain Said. Um, today we are joined with David from our music section, um, Emily from our culture section, and Sam from our TV section. Um, I think I will hand over to Sam to kick it all off. Hi, I'm Sam. I'm a TV editor for Red Brick. Um, basically, on the TV section, we do a lot of reviews. Um, and at this time, TV is probably one of the funnest things you can do to waste some time in lockdown. We've got a lot of comment section, um, commentary pieces as well. So like um, how TV is responding to the lockdown, how coronavirus measures has changed TV for everyone. And yeah, it's just like a good opportunity to like binge some Netflix, really. <laughs> I think TV can be such like a social thing as well, especially if we're all stuck in our households, like everyone gathering around the same TV show or watching something weekly like Strictly or Bake Off. I think that is such a social thing, um, especially because like the opportunity of like going out to the pub as a group is no longer available. So I think, you know, gathering over like a shared interest, like a TV episode or like following a series through um, can be really vital. What's everyone's favourite TV show at the moment? Mine is Bake Off, definitely. It's so wholesome. Um, David, what's yours? Watching Bake Off as a house, but uh, controversial opinion, I'm not that into it personally. I've been, um, I just started watching uh, Sex Education, but only just started, so um, yeah, yet to see how that goes. But it looks good so far. Sex Education is so good. I spent the whole time trying to figure out whether it was set in the 70s or modern day. I couldn't get it, but yeah. it's so good. It's such a good. Yeah, I went. I went into it because of the like. I watched this video about how they've like set it and how they've kept the like, the um, the setting like sort of vague and anonymous, like set in Wales, but using like you know American high school American yeah stereotypes to make it sort of globally appeal and like people can understand it. But yeah, it's really interesting. It's so good. What about you, Emily? Um, my house are really into Phoebe Waller-Bridge at the moment, so we watched Fleabag, but now we're watching uh, the earlier one called Crashing, her earlier series, and it's so good. Definitely recommend. God, my emotional investment in Fleabag is a bit insane at this point. Like, I like see series two, I think I've seen about five times all the way through, and I will be watching it again in the very near future. Like, I love it. Um, I've been really into Grey's Anatomy at the moment. There's just so much of it. Um, I think I'm on season 11. I started at the beginning of lockdown. Um, it's a bit embarrassing to say that I'm on season 11. There's like 20 episodes per season, but oh well. Um, yeah, what about you, Katrin? Um, like I've been watching the US Office, and I feel like I watch American sitcoms whenever like everything just gets a little bit too much. They're like the perfect kind of 20-minute break from everything. Um, but like, yeah, my house is watching Strictly. And it's just so much fun because I feel like I'm like messaging my sister about it. It makes you feel quite connected. Um, but I don't know if anyone watched Strictly last week, but like it all got a bit surreal because it was movies week and two one of the couples did this like 
Simpsons dance dressed as Simpsons characters and I was like what am I yeah. watching anymore absolutely but, <laughs> yeah it was horrible but um yeah no TV is just like such a good kind of form of entertainment at the moment so next we have Emily so um Emily's a culture editor so she's gonna kind of tell us about culture which is obviously somewhat under kind of threat at the moment but ways you can but squeeze it, you can it and pull it, it out pull yeah. it out yeah Mm, yeah, I mean, like Catherine's just said, it's normally a section where we like a lot of um, re- play reviews and uh, theatre trips, but this time, obviously, it's not possible. Um, we're enjoying having um, uh, articles that uh, criticise government policy relating to the arts at the moment, so how the arts are getting uh, underfunded by um, the government. Um, but uh, the nice thing about culture is it's also quite a um, good at escapism at the moment, so we're enjoying um, articles like uh, having um, book reviews uh, or um, my first time that can be uh, your first experience of a ballet or a theatre performance or the opera and uh, another uh, 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 idea that we're working with at the moment is photo diaries so it's um, we have a theme at the moment this month it's Birmingham and we're enjoying a having people submit photos of um, local landmarks and talking about that. I think certain um, places have been really good. Like I remember the National Theatre Live when they announced they were like releasing all of their, I think they, did, they released a lot of Shakespeare. I found that so exciting because the, if you get it from the actual National Theatre, you know, the, the shots are amazing because they've like highlighted bits that they think are important and obviously the staging is kept exactly how it is. So I think... Um, it sounds awful, but I saw um, a National Theatre performance of a Shakespeare play in the cinema, and it was almost more immersive than sat, being sat in the theatre, which I hated thinking because it was like I was like supporting the death of theatre. But um, yeah, because you were like focusing in on characters' like faces, and yeah, um, so I hope that more um, cultural institutions will like turn onto online versions you know or like finally release like filmed musical performances or stuff like that do you think like they could or do you think that's just like you know a bit I guess they're not really gaining any money from that do you think they will be doing that or that's an interesting question um I think well I hope they do too um I think over lockdown the there was some success for like the National Theatre they uh, released quite a lot of YouTube um performances versions of performances and they were popular and you can also sponsor them you can make a donation which could help the arts uh, through this period but I also hope that after lockdown hopefully things like the Birmingham Museum will be able to open again because I think they had a lot of nice exhibitions planned um, so like virtual reviews we do love having those anything that you can review online we'd love to read about that um, yeah, I saw Fleabag on the National Theatre when she put out the original play. Like, it's really good how when they've turned to online, you're being able to, like, donate to charity by buying these things. Like, I think it was, like, £4 and it goes straight to charity. So it's great, these avenues that, like, culture have gone down. And I feel like it's also so important to be kind of supporting everyone who works in the arts. I just feel around Christmas, I'm like really missing it around Christmas time because obviously it's the perfect time for sort of indoor um, activities like that. So yeah, it's definitely a shame. Um, um, so another industry which is obviously 
undergone a big transformation this year is the music industry. So we have David from music with us just to kind of discuss um, what the impact of the pandemic has been for music, but also just kind of what great music's coming out at the moment, which you can listen to during lockdown. Yeah, there's um, there's loads to say on that. I think like like culture, the arts, well, the arts sector in general has been hugely affected by this, by the pandemic, um, and with music in particular, it's kind of affected pretty much everything from live music all the way to releases. We've seen so many artists like push back albums that were meant to be coming out, you know, over summer, and it's led to weird scenarios where you've got small indie bands like competing with massive pop stars like Lady Gaga and going toe for toe on album sales because there's hardly anyone else releasing. Um, but I would say the biggest challenge at the moment is um, is with, with the venues. Um, there's a big threat, and there has been in, during the first lockdown of big met venues uh, shutting down. Fortunately, you know, we had the government's arts funding, which came out over the summer or like this autumn, um, but that hasn't covered everyone. There's been quite a few who've got it in Birmingham, but there's also, I think the Music Venues Trust have released a list of about 30 venues across the country that are sort of, at the moment on the brink of financial collapse. Um, so there's a big campaign in the music sector right now to, to you know, pull together funding aware and get people donating to the Music Venues Trust. So if, if you can, that's a really great way to help keep live music alive. Um, but as for sort of an individual, you know, music that's coming out now and like sort of how you can stay sane, um, there's not too much. I would say like listening parties is one thing that's sort of prop, cropped up over the, um, over the pandemic. Like a lot of people are now enjoying music socially, uh, which is quite a new thing, sort of going on a Zoom call, all starting a certain album at the same time, and then at the end discussing it. Um, if you're into that, I know not everyone loves to listen to music and then immediately talk about it, but it can be a lot of fun. Um, and then other than that, yeah, there's a couple of, obviously, like people are releasing um, good playlists and things like that. So, yeah, there's lockdown playlists coming out all over the place. Um, but yeah, as, 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 a, as a set, we've just been ticking on with the um, you know album reviews and single reviews that have been coming out so it's been quite good and in a way the, the sort of zoom revolution has allowed us to get a lot more interviews and um, conversations with artists because they're much more willing to chat over the phone or have a zoom call and you know speak speak to shoot journalists which is great I feel like they don't really have an excuse not to like everyone's on their computers all the time like you can't really turn down a phone call interview or anything like I mean, I'm sure lots of artists do, but it seems a much easier gig to get than a, than actually sitting in a room with them, you know, which takes a lot more scheduling and a lot more organisation. One thing, David, I don't know if you've noticed, yeah. but like the lockdown album is such a phenomenon that I've really like noticed, like Taylor Swift folklore. It's just so much more stripped back. Obviously, you're like you need a lot less musicians, probably a lot less production time, a lot less time in the actual studio. Um, and also with Aaron, Ariana Grande's new release, Positions, it seemed like a lot simpler, um, this less like far reaching, obviously less like marketing campaigns, less music video shoots. Like, I feel like that the releases that are being released at the moment are very stripped back and much more like the artist with, I guess, a couple of producers. It seems like much less of a scope. Have you found that with other artists as well? Yeah, definitely. There's there's quite a few examples of that. I'd say like I think the first big one was Charlie XCX. Um, her album when it came out, that was I mean I mean lots of the songs were based around sort of isolation and themes of the pandemic. But definitely, yeah, it's been a big thing. I think we had a review that I just edited yesterday about a band called Wallows. They released an album called Remote, which was called recorded um, remotely. Um, 
but yeah, it's definitely, definitely becoming a thing. I think another a, another bigger example maybe is you know Gorillaz' um, Song Machine album, and this was started before the pandemic. It's sort of like a collaborative album. You know, they featured like Slow Time one track, and then you know a couple of weeks later, remotely they do a track with Elton John. So it's been a real sort of project that's been based you know, remotely. Uh, and a lot of artists have really embraced that and just got around it and, and got on with releasing music that they want to make, which is fantastic. You know, it's great to see people overcoming the circumstances uh, and to get something a bit bit different out of it, I guess. I think also I'm going to bring in another basic. I used to be the editor of the music section. I always said I was the representation of the basic side of music taste. But um, on my birthday on Saturday, um, Niall Horan did a like a virtual concert I think there was like 150,000 people in attendance, like lockdown, like all virtual con concerts are technically like opening it up to, you know, people who have might never have been able to travel to see Niall Horan in, con in concert or if he'd, his tour schedule never included his, like their home country or anything. I think like online events are actually opening up the audience to like even culture and um, stuff like that. Like it's giving people who might not be able to afford um, like a foot, like a plane ticket, or however else they're going to get there, and um, the opportunity to see live music and live culture from like much lower ticket prices. So, I think that's a plus as well. We've got to look for the positives. You know, we've all probably seen like some of our favorite artists do like Instagram lives where they play a couple of songs, react to people's comments. Um, but then you've also seen yeah the other end of the spectrum, Niall Horan doing like a a live stream, and these might be sort of paid tickets. And it might be a one-off event where it's it's not recorded and, and the footage is never released. So it's kind of a a new medium to get this sort of one-off gig experience, but in the live format and in a way where you can support the artist financially. Um, so, yes, yeah, it's, it's really new and it's, it's quite exciting. Another thing this year, which I feel like has been really seminal for the music industry, is the rise of TikTok. I've listened to quite a lot of podcasts about um, certain songs, you know, like Doja Cat Say So and then Super Lonely which have just propelled artists which weren't that mainstream into this like whole new kind of realm of um you know uh interest um and I feel like that was definitely spurred upon by like all of us having nothing to do so just scrolling through you know social media like TikTok what do you think what do you see as the future of the music industry David do you think that there'll be some changes this year which will like stay forever and kind of you know not go back um yeah oh, big question um loads i think i think on, on, on the like the negative side of the picture like the worst worst possible outcome i would say is like the loss of grassroots grassroots music venues so if, if some of those do go under they're particularly hard sort of establishments to replace um you know and, and they're they're not seen as like big cultural institutions but really they are sort of the breeding ground for a lot of the like big names and artists that we all know and love you know, started off playing at, in small venues, pubs, clubs, that sort of thing. Um, but I think on the flip side, yeah, like the innovation that we've talked about um, definitely could be something in a way that's a positive. I think, you know, we talked about how artists are able to create remotely or independently from each other. So maybe that will inspire more collaboration. Um, but yeah, and TikTok as well. I mean, that that's a massive one that's been covered so much. And Daisy's actually just submitted an article that'll be up so I was going to say, I hate to self-promo, but I do have an article coming out about TikTok's impact on the music industry, so big ups, but 
I will stop talking about that now because I have so much to say about mm. it. <laughs> Read my article. <laughs> yeah, there's loads on that. There is absolutely tons. I, just, I don't think they're meant for us, but they're sort of like marketing emails based around, you know, how to get your track you know, big on TikTok and producers are now shifting their music production to suit TikTok, you know, have a catchy hook that lasts 15 seconds and suits the video format. Um, yeah, so I think it's really interesting. It's hard to say what it'll, what music will really look like outside of the pandemic um, or in the future, but it's definitely adapted and changed. And I think that's the thing with, with artists and creators, they will always keep, you know, finding new ways to do things. Um, but yeah, the, the TikTok phenomena is really fascinating. And I'm yeah looking forward to Daisy's article. I think also, like I saw a few um, socially distanced concerts um, and they just looked so awkward. There was like little, you had like a little cube that you and your bubble could stand in and dance around. And then about a metre in front of you was another cube. And I just, I really hope that is not going to be the new alternative. I think I'd rather have an online gig than... Oh, maybe, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say that statement, but it just looked painfully awkward. Um, mm. So, yeah, I'm praying that we do actually get a festival at some point in the next few years. Yeah, um, yeah even though if I actually think about the numbers of people in such close proximity yeah, at a festival, it's crazy. I can't really imagine it was ever allowed to happen. That sounds a bit odd to say now, but um, what's everyone's thing they are say we go back to normal in three months time what is everyone's first thing that they're looking forward to Catherine, you first i just really want to go to like a big art gallery or something again because they've been like opened but then now they're closed and like i was doing an essay about museums and i'm just like oh you know i just want to be like surrounded by people in like the center of london or something and actually you mentioning festivals there last summer uh, I went to Reading and the, when Billy Irish was playing I was in a mosh pit of year 11s all with brothers with the C grades and I was like oh this is it like I just went feeling mass crowds I'd say um live, live gigs 100% absolutely I used to yeah I used to spend all my money on them in, in, in second year but now it's yeah I've got a lot more a lot more, <laughs> a lot more pocket money saved up but yeah miss them a lot big time or if you review the gigs through Red Brick, that's a completely free ticket. La la la. Self promo, David, come on. Very true. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, come right for us. I just miss dancing in like a big club where like no one's looking at you individually and everyone's just having their own night. I don't know. I just think like the carefreeness of like a really big night out is just gone. Um, obviously, we're having to book everywhere, like there's no spontaneity anymore. Um, yeah, I just want to go on a night out that I don't have to plan for like two weeks in advance to make sure we have a seat at the table. Emily, what about you? Um, I think like Catherine said, I really miss art galleries a lot. <laughs> um, uh, especially like the Barber Institute. I went in just before uh, the second lockdown and it was so nice <laughs> to just see like all the familiar paintings. And it's nice to just see um, also like the familiar faces of the um, tour guides, the... Um, uh, people showing you around and they were they were so eager to like have it open again and it was nice to talk to them and hear a bit about the painting's history but yeah I suppose also theatres, theatres is the big one <laughs> for us it'd be really nice to go to a play with a full audience so you can just hear all the reactions, all the shock, the surprise 
like the response of the audience. Last but not least, Sam. Um, I kind of miss, I don't have to wear a mask, which I think is going to be a few years away, but just not getting a tango ice blast and popcorn just doesn't seem like the same experience. But, um, and also Alton Towers, like <laughs> I want to go to a theme park or something like that. And also very much missing like nights out and stuff like that. I get what you mean about like being stood in a box is not really the same vibe. Like if someone's seeing, like it will just accentuate my bad dancing. So yeah, just looking forward to that really, <laughs> whenever that may be. It was great to be joined by different Redbrook editors today. And um, when choosing who to have on this podcast, Daisy and I immediately went to entertainment sections as we feel like all of us have been kind of craving different forms of entertainment during lockdown. And also like it's more important than ever now to be supporting arts, culture, entertainment in Britain. So if you're, you know, willing to contribute some money to uh, live venues or art galleries or whatever, that's a great thing to be up to get up to at the moment. If you've got some money saved from not spending it on anything during lockdown. Yeah, um, thanks everyone for joining. Um, I'm not sure what it'll be covering next week, but we will have a whole new set of editors. So feel free to join and get to know some new editors, some new voices. Um, thanks for listening, everyone, and we will see you next week. <laughs>